0: Hi, friends, and welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Uh, it's been ages. It's been two days <laughs> since we spoke, and it always feels really weird to do this because I literally record Monday and Wednesday intro and outro is back to back. So I don't really have any update from when I last spoke to you, but hopefully you're having um, a good week. And I guess what I want to to reflect on and talk about is self-care. I think that is something that we have talked about previously, something that I very much now (laughs) appreciate the value of, haven't always, and talk about as that essential for being able to really kind of show up in the way that I want to and and how self-awareness is so important. And I think today's conversation, one of the things that also is really important is that being able to tune into yourself and tune into your body and have that self-awareness Uh, I think it's such a valuable skill to have. And and I do say skill because I think a lot of us through life, we lose that ability to really connect with what's going on in our body, in particular, sometimes even in our mind. We can just get disconnected. And particularly when we are stressed. Um, And today we are really diving into stress. So if you're feeling stressed in whatever area of your life, then uh, this episode is for you. We're joined by Lisa, who is a stress expert. I love this conversation because I think stress is such a big thing. She shares some statistics about how how much stress has an, an impact or um, a correlation, maybe causality with other, well, causality, how much it causes other diseases um that we can suffer from just how much of an impact it, it really has and any time when I can geek out with science psychology that kind of stuff uh, I love uh, I when I was teaching psychology stress was one of the topics that we we covered that we talked about so it was really nice to chat about that uh, and to geek out a little bit but don't worry it's not too um science heavy uh, lots of really really amazing practical advice from Lisa. So, yes. I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Hi everyone, welcome back and I'm really happy to welcome Lisa to the show this week. So, Lisa, welcome and if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you.
1: Hi Hannah, thank you so much for having me and welcoming me here and and having me on the show. I'm really excited to have a little chat and see where it takes us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, where do we start? So back in 2013, going back about seven years ago, I thought I was on top of the world. I had a career that I really enjoyed. Uh, I was marrying my partner who I'd been with many years and I literally, and I was winning awards at work and I thought that everything was really happening for me. And in some aspects it was, but in other aspects it wasn't. So I had this really good, you know, corporate career and it was unstoppable. And then until I stopped until my mind, my body, my spirit had just literally had enough. I was stressed. I was overwhelmed. I was overworking myself. I was running around. I was on a very depleting diet. (laughs) Um, You know, I was exhausting all of my energy reserves. I was over-exercising overachieving, there was no downtime and I didn't know how to process my emotions and I didn't know what my, well my spirit was on MD but I didn't even know what that was and I didn't know what self-care was. I knew what meditation was but I knew that I wasn't going anywhere near it. <laughs> so my body started to, well, I started to have symptoms so I had a chronic fatigue Uh, problems with brain fog. So I I remember I wasn't able to read literally a two-line email. I could read the words, but they weren't actually going into my brain. I couldn't actually comprehend what was happening. So I fell ill with the start was glandular fever. And then I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and then took two and a half years for a Lyme disease diagnosis. And then I got shingles and had heavy metal toxicity. Oh, I actually wanted to start. I also had a car accident. So it was just this compound of like chronic illness, and you know my body um, felt like it was failing me. My mind was failing me. I didn't know how to process my emotions, like stress to the max.
0: I imagine that's like a bit of a, a never-ending cycle because you've got all the the kind of stress from from the illness, but then because it's all piling on, then you're more stressed about the situation and not being able to get out of the situation which then compounds the, the illness and that, yeah, you can just feel maybe really trapped in all of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We had a little conversation previously and it is, it's a bit of a, a bit of a cycle in terms of um, stress was one of the causes for me getting sick and then when you're sick, then there's additional stress that's placed on the body that's self-perpetuating. So the Centre of Disease Control in America, for example, one of the statistics that they have is that, Stress causes 90% of disease or disease. Mm. And I like to pause after that because it's a really big statistic to take in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you just, when you hear it, you just kind of think, that can't be right. That can't be right. <laughs> can't be right. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> then we'd naturally go to like, well, what, what are the biggest causes of death? So like heart disease, but then actually chronic stress has a link with that or uh, I know um, in some populations in particular suicide is a really high factor but stress when it's really compounded can have a real impact on mental health and, and depression and so actually yeah when you start to really look at it and think about it and it's of, of yeah. It, of course, it has a massive impact, and it can make you more susceptible to things as well. Something we mentioned before as well that if you're uh, if you're feeling really stressed and you come into contact with someone who has a cold, you're more likely <laughs> more likely to get it, which is just.
1: Yeah, because the way that the body works is, you know, you, you're you stressed. It increases your stress hormone cortisol. It impacts your, it weakens your immune system and suppresses your immune system. And so then you're likely to have all these, you're likely to have symptoms or you're likely to be able to get that cold because your immune system is, is not working and functioning at it's optimal because you're in this stress response. And so the stress response comes about through a number of ways. So one is chronic stress or or for chronic reasons and another one is acute. And so chronic stress, for example, could be as simple as our mobile phones dinging and beeping at us constantly. So we get a notification, ding, oh, that actually shocks our body and puts our body into a stress response, increases our cortisol. It happens again and again and again and again. Several times during the day our body is just under this constant stress or you know working long hours and you know stress comes about from the thought processes that we have. Now the other aspect in terms of the body is it puts us into fight, flight or freeze mode. And so it you know comes back to our body's natural response mechanism and our and nervous system's natural response for if we were seeing a tiger. We do one of those three things when we see a tiger, it would be either to flee (laughs) and get out of there pretty quickly, to stay and fight the tiger, or to freeze in front of the tiger. And it's just what happens in those stress responses, uh, those acute stress responses and reactions, but also long-term, your body can go into that. So some people go into overdrive and that, that running, that fleeing mode when they're in a stressful situation. So for me it was it was freeze mode and you know chronic fatigue and a lot of those symptoms is is freeze for the body not to move and not to want to move because there was so much stress going into it. Mm,
0: That's really interesting um how the the uh, fight, flight or freeze kind of plays out in the the symptoms you might be experiencing. And I I wonder if you know for for the fight and flee, what that would look like for, if someone had that kind of stress response to the stresses they were experiencing.
1: Yeah, so from a, from a fight perspective, um, it, uh, sorry, from a flee perspective, a flee or, or run is, is doing. It could also be people running from relationships, like from one relationship to the next or from one job to the next, um, or one country to the next. So really that sort of like run away from, um, as opposed to sort of uh, facing and exploring and processing what it is. Mm. Um, so that could be the flea response. And the fight response, well, it, you know, it could be fighting um, or, you know, if there's illness. So if I look at me, for example, with chronic illness, you know, we all have a potentially have a combination of those and it depends on the scenario. So for me, overall chronic illness and chronic fatigue is that freeze mode, but there's also that was that fighting mode. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people who go into fight mode, um, you know, when they're in, it might be, say, fighting against their partners or fighting against themselves and that, you know, that inner fight and, you know, you can do better and all that negative self-talk.
0: Yeah, the kind of, I guess the two words that kind of came up for me there was the the running and the fleeing was kind of like avoiding like avoidance type thing and mm-hmm. so the fight was like a confrontational thing mm-hmm. so kind of always being on the edge and kind of defaulting to like that oh my, yeah anger like you know what are
1: you trying yeah. to say and defensive that yeah. kind of thing maybe so and going into that fight mode you know if you're in chronic illness it's like fighting like it's like your body's at war you know there's a war here I've got to you know I'm a warrior I've got to fight this you know I've got to fight this illness I've got to fight this disease which we kind of go to in a lot of modern medicine because it's like you know you need to be strong and you need to fight this Hmm. but the fighting has a really really strong energy about it and often it's actually surrendering into it but in saying that also the fight flight freeze mechanism is also as I've mentioned before the body's response mechanism the nervous system's response mechanism but it's also the body's coping mechanism and you can actually be stuck in that Mechanism. And so I guess to some extent, trauma, mm. you know, and, you know, we talk about stress gets you into that situation and chronic stress, but different things can also be classified as trauma. So I had a car accident. It wasn't a major car accident for me, but it was still a car accident. And that put me into a freeze mode. You know, the chronic illness put me into that freeze mode. And so my body is actually stuck in that stress response and doesn't know how to get out of it or didn't know how to get out of it I should say and that's for a lot of people in the situations that they're in their body is actually and I say it a lot the body is doing the best that it can trying to help and support you and people often don't know that and they think there's something wrong there's something wrong with my mind you know and my emotions and there's something wrong with me actually it's your body trying to protect you. And it's trying to say, hey, hey, It's I going to put your hand up to say, actually, I'm trying to give you some warning signs and I really want some help here.
0: Mm. I think that's that's really important to remember the, the kind of um, the reason for stress, I guess, because, you know, quite often when we talk about it, we talk about stress as a, as a negative and we, and we get into all of that. But actually, it is a, a normal bodily response to some kind of danger and usually in, if the tiger situation, you would deal with that situation. Then you would leave that stress response. You'd go to the kind of rest digest response. So, you know, you can process food again. You can kind of rest, recoup. <laughs> all your hormones get you know back into um, to balance. You can heal and and all of that kind of stuff. So stress in itself isn't bad. It's not that we should never have stress. It's when we get into that chronic stress, like you were saying, or that our body just is overloaded with it, then mm. the, the impact of it. Um, and I, I heard something really interesting, and I wonder what your thoughts are on this, that if people feel that if they have a negative view of their stress and they feel that it is limiting them in some way, then that's kind of what will happen. But if people see their stress as a positive, they actually have better outcomes and it doesn't have the same physical impact so i wonder what what your thoughts are on that
1: well there are two different types of stress there's distress which is that you know activation and that negative stress and there's also eustress stress it's spelled ue stress hmm. which is which is positive stress so things like you know like when we wake up in the morning you know and our cortisol generally rises that is a positive stress. you know when you're exercising, that's a positive stress, and that bring, helps bring you back into balance. so there are some good stresses and and you can look at them positively, or if you look at a situation that causes stress and then yes you reflect on it in a, in a positive way, um, you know, and you learn from it and you let it go. But a lot of people don't know how to let it go and we're not taught how to let it go. And so it accumulates. And so what I say to people is it's like having, it's like we're born with a bucket and then our bucket gets full or or things go into that bucket. So different kinds of stresses, thoughts, emotions, unprocessed experiences, um, you know, different toxins in terms of, you know, that we're putting on our body or the food that we're eating. Um, You know, listening to the news, for example, is a stress and a toxin. And so that goes into our bucket and then there's maybe a little tap at the bottom and it drips out. And sometimes things are too big for that hole and it doesn't get through um, and it blocks everything. And then you've got one stress laying on the next and the next and the next. And so what happens is when your bucket or your body is full It overflows, and when it overflows, that's where the symptoms are. So the symptoms of stress, anxiety, um, mental mental health challenges, I see as really being your bucket overflowing, and your body saying, "Hey, I'm trying to set this Mm -hmm. up. Can you can you please help me? Can you please help me release some of these things in the bucket?" And as you start to release those things that are in your bucket. And they could be that they're from, you know, when you were born or when you're in primary school and they've stayed with you and they accumulate and they get bigger. But, you know, you start to remove them from the bucket and your body starts to go, oh, wow, that's fantastic.
0: Mm. Yeah. So I guess that's the kind of, you know, the big things maybe take a little bit of work in a way to sort of deal with and and take them out because like you said they can't get through the tap but I suppose there are also lots of things you can do to kind of turn the tap on more which are maybe the things in a day that just help you calm down so I like a power nap uh, even if I don't sleep just Mm -hmm. to go back to bed for 20 minutes during the day that is a little tap opening thing for me or having like a bath and reading and these are little ways that it might not be tackling Mm -hmm. one of those big things but it's letting some of that extra stuff
1: out. And it makes such a difference, Hannah. That what it does is it creates space. Mm. It creates space in the mind, in the body, in the, the energy field, so that the body's not go, go, go. You know, that that nap is creating space. Going for a walk is creating space. Having a bath is creating space. It's not it's not putting more into that bucket. It's actually allowing the bucket to settle. And it's allowing that hole to open a little bit so that more, more stuff can come through. And that's why, you know, meditation and breath work, uh, movement and getting outdoors is really important. It just creates that space within the body.
0: Mm. And I guess um, with, the, with the bigger things, that there might be times where you've got something, maybe you've been carrying from childhood and maybe you're just not ready to tackle it yet. But like you said, creating that space with the other things it's still beneficial because it's space that you can carry that big thing until you are ready to really explore it and, uh, and kind of start breaking it down, I guess.
1: Yeah, the body needs to be um, ready and the body will release those things when it is ready. But also um, sometimes a lot of people can be what we call unregulated. Their nervous system and mm. their body can be dysregulated So it can be really challenging to work on those things or when they start to work on those things, it sends the body into further into dysregulation. So it's really important to be able to have some of these practices and these tools to help people to be in that state of regulation so they can start to process that.
0: Yeah, awesome. So... You were saying, yeah, that in in two thousand and thirteen you had this this situation, this stress. So, for a lot of people uh, listening to this, and for myself, I'm uh, nosy. <laughs> Want to know um, <laughs> how you got from that to here? So, if someone is experiencing chronic stress, how can they start that kind of healing to, uh, yeah, get to um, a less stressful, uh, more regulated place? I guess. So, how did you do that recovery?
1: Yeah, so for me it's, it was a uh, been a long journey so it's about a 6 year journey and we still we're, we still learn because it's also not the destination i wanted to get you know get me to that destination where i feel like i was before and so i was fighting it so creating that space with some of the things that we mentioned today is really really important two other things predominantly so one is working with trained practitioners and professionals you know, being a type A personality, I'm like, I can do that. I can read a book and another book and another book and another book and I can do this course and whatnot, so, uh, which is great because I love learning but it's also putting, A, putting it into practice but B, I was stuck in a lot of trauma, you know, being sick for so long, being in, these, in those loops that we kind of uh, mentioned and I didn't, I mean, ultimately we do have the tools and techniques within us but I couldn't do it on my own. Um, And I had tried for such a long time. So working with trained practitioners to really help guide, to to help with that deeper work is really important. Um, So guided and and it's also non-judgmental as well. So I used to think, oh, I didn't... What I didn't want to do on my journey was do talk therapy Mm. because I can talk about things, I can talk about, about my problems. I wanted solutions. And for me, talking about things was not actually there were no solutions in that so mm. I sought out solutions so things like EFT emotional freedom technique which is also known as tapping really really beautiful it's one of my favorite personal techniques and that I use as a practitioner as well because it's something that you can do on on your own in your body which is um, tapping on different parts of the body and it uh, taps on on meridians and meridians are energy lines that run through the body so we don't see them but they are there and sometimes when you're tapping on those different parts of the body you can actually feel energy moving and flowing it's really quite amazing so it physically gets energy moving and flowing uh, moving but it also uh, enables you to process emotions so it helps you to clear emotions Access the subconscious mind because our conscious mind is that 4% and our subconscious mind plays up about 96% And so you know when we talk about you know Emotions and beliefs and sort of doing work with ourselves and doing work on those deeper parts Often they're in the subconscious so they're all stored in the body our body remembers everything from the moment that we were born absolutely everything who was there and what was happening and then what was our first birthday what did the cake taste like and what did it look like but if all of that were in our conscious mind we'd be so overwhelmed so for me working with a lot of the subconscious mind and and working through a lot of those limiting beliefs those trapped emotions, those unprocessed experiences at that really really deep level and also um you know, with that deep level also comes the concept of spirituality, you know, tapping into deeper parts of myself, tapping into, you know, for me it's something greater than me, it's something that I call the universe. So, And it's the energy field or some people might relate it to like their religion or God or, or, or whatnot. So for me it's really it's all of those different layers, the physical layer in terms of nutrition, the uh, mental and emotional layer, and also the spiritual layer. Mm. I
0: find it interesting with um, spiritual spiritual stuff <laughs> because I I feel like I mean you know mm. when I was a teen I was quite quite spiritual and all of that, and it seems like for a while it was a sort of oh we're not really spiritual religious, and now it's like it's people are talking about it more and people are opening up, and I think some people have always been religious and that's been part of their life, but but for other people who've been a bit more agnostic actually going, Oh, but we are kind of spiritual creatures as well. And kind of opening to that. And I think one of the things that can help make our lives meaningful is having that sense of purpose. And sometimes having that sense of something bigger than yourself kind of feeds into that. And I think for some people, they might have a sense of something being missing until they open up to that kind of aspect of their life. and I was just thinking about EFT and it's something that I am starting to find out more about. It's maybe a way to kind of incorporate into what, to what I do. And I, and what really struck me is that it's this blend of physical and mental. And if you think about stress, that's the same. It's that blend of physical and, and mental. There's a lot happening in the mind, the thoughts, but there's also a lot happening with, you know, with your body, with your hormones. It makes sense, doesn't it, that if you have something that is both physical and mental to treat it if you like with something that taps into both of those areas
1: yeah because everything that is happening uh physically in the body there's always an emotion associated with it and when something there's emotional there's always something physical happening in the body you know we love you know positive energy and positive emotions and that feels great and we'll take we'll take that we'll take that but the you know like negative emotions um or yeah Things that are happening physically with the body, there's always some kind of emotion associated with it. The lungs, for example, you know, if someone's like got problem, challenges with their lungs or they feel a sense of heaviness in their lungs, then often a emotion that's associated with that might be grief, for example. That's quite one that's associated with the lungs. And the liver, for example, is anger. So it's kind of like these general emotions. But ultimately, you and your body will know if you have a feeling or sensation somewhere, what emotion is associated with that. And then often, often there might be a memory that comes up for you or an experience. Um, And as you said, you know, if you're talking about the mind and, you know, what's happening with the mind, there is always those feelings and sensations actually in the body. And so, there's a lot of work from a somatic perspective. You've got, you know, Peter Levine uh, was a pioneer in that regard about talking about the feeling things in the body Mm. and processing those feelings, um, and that helps to to clear the mind. They're all because we're all interlinked. You know, our mind, our emotion, our body—we're all. It's all one, but we tend to separate them. You know, I've got. You know challenges with mental health, so that that's in the mind.
0: Yeah, I, and and I think that's kind of you know when you say mental health, it has this really yeah. There's so many thoughts uh, <laughs> attached to it, aren't there? And and we kind of separate it, but really it's just part of health. <laughs> it's just part of health in the same way as physical health. But yeah, we we kind of separate it and we maybe underplay that interaction between the mind and the body and how connected they are. And it's really interesting when you really look at how <laughs> how connected they are and how you can oh. kind of, I always remember, um, and it's something, something I taught as well, I don't know if you've ever watched a TED Talk by Amy Cuddy on uh, body language, and um, power posing she talks about. And uh, for people who are not feeling confident, they can do like the Wonder Woman power pose and just do it for a couple of minutes every day. It's something in your body you're just standing a particular way but it does have an impact on how you feel and people became more confident just by standing in this pose so we can influence our mind from our body and vice versa um another example the other way is uh, some research with basketball players i believe um and so they had three groups they'd done a drill they had three groups one group trained and i actually practiced one group visualized practicing and one group didn't do anything and the visualization was nearly as effective as actually doing it um and the people visualizing exercising actually had physical changes in their muscles and their skills so they are really connected but yeah like you said we like to segment them and just be like no, that's the that's mine that's the body and
1: yeah, because the basketball example—it's that—that's a brilliant example because it shows the power of the mind. That the mind has the ability to influence the body. They had changes in their—you mentioned—they had changes in their muscles because they're focusing, they're visualizing, they're talking, they're communicating to their muscles to say, "Do this," and you know, as if you're working, as if you're doing it. So what actually happens is um, Dr. Joe Dispenza is uh, one of my favourite people to listen to, and his work is really incredible. And there's a lot of people, you know, sort of accumulated his work. Uh, And he talks about, you know, the power of the mind and the power of thought. So what actually happens is, you know, I, I, I say that we have a physical body, a mental body, emotional body, and spiritual body. So we have our physical body, but... What happens to us, you know, if we've got a physical illness, so just say, for example, uh, it's cancer, for example, uh, that you, you, you get cancer or whatever it is, it actually happens in the energetic body, your energy body, your energy field before it comes into your physical body. And things happen in your, like, thought before it comes into your physical body. So it's it's really, really so things can things start with a thought. It's incredible the thought. But we get stuck in these thought patterns and we get stuck in these like traumas and these fight, fight, freeze responses where we're not able to get out. And so there are things like, you know, that the you know, meditations and the yogas and the sleeping and, and whatnot that can help to create some of that space. And sometimes people are trapped that they need additional help and support to get out of. Of that process but the body ultimately is there to support you and to bring you back into balance
0: Mm, yeah awesome I'm wondering if there's anything else that I want to dive into on stress before I ask you my set questions maybe a little bit on overwhelm because I think that's something that we've mentioned before on the podcast and and I always like to remind people kind of what that feels like and how how that fits in the kind of acute chronic stress type thing, what overwhelm is, how to recognize it in ourselves maybe uh, to know, okay, I need to like think about opening the tap now (laughs) a little bit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So overwhelm, overwhelm is, is a feeling. You know, it's, it's, there's too much in that, there's too much going on not able to cope, sort of feeling stuck, not able to make decisions. Uh, overwhelm can be not motivated to do things because, again, there's too much in that bucket. So stress can result in in overwhelm. And I guess it's a similar process in terms of working with the body to help, you know, process and, and release that and, uh, and stop that tap.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking when you were saying about the um, what what it might look like, the uh, not focusing, and I uh, brain fog, I think, for me, is maybe that when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I can feel Mm. really busy and productive and be looking at lots of things, and then you kind of think, I've not really done anything.
1: (laughs) There's, like, too much of it
0: that you're just, like, yeah, going between things, like, the spinning plates and just, like, nothing's really getting done because I can't actually focus and, yeah. So,
1: yeah, thank you. Yeah. So there can be emotions associated with that. So, again, you know, someone who's in overwhelm might be angry or they might have a short temper or if they're in overwhelm, they might go into hibernation and not want to engage with people. Um, I'm having a giggle. (laughs) I might sound familiar. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah and again it's different people will respond to overwhelm and too much in that bucket in different ways it might be that freeze that fight or that uh that flea response
0: awesome awesome thank you for, for yeah sharing that so i have some set questions to ask everyone and i'd love to hear your thoughts on these and uh these are going to be completely surprised because normally I, uh, I send them to people in advance but we've uh not have those so it's going to be completely uh on the Gosh, moment
1: bring it on bring it on let's go with <laughs> yeah. the surprise
0: so the first one i ask people I, i've got a couple of buzzwords that come up through this but i always ask people what always boosts your mood and what brings you joy in your life
1: boosts my mood oh i mean there's always there's so many different things that boost my mood but something just recently is doing um the first thing is when i wake up in the morning I do a visualisation of me, of kind of like my future self. I have done some work and I've kind of seen my future self and the future Lisa is like shining and radiating even more than I am currently shining and radiating. And so I wake up in the morning and I used to go over to my phone but the first seven minutes of the morning is really important for the brain and for the body. So I don't do that anymore. I have this visualisation of me and I feel it and I bring it into my body so I see it feel it, try to smell it, and that's really beautiful and that brings me joy and the thought of me radiating with all that energy brings me joy. And then uh, I've been doing uh, yoga in the mornings. It's more just like a bit of a stretch class. So I've been jumping on mm-hmm. Zoom and it's just been, it's been really lovely to get that uh, my body moving in different ways and I can just feel it opening up uh, which has been really beautiful. So that new kind of change
0: has brought me joy. Did I miss a part? Uh, no, no, it's the same. So it's a kind of yeah, what boosts your mood, what brings you joy. I kind of group group them together. I think. Um, so my next question is, what makes life meaningful for
1: you? What life makes life meaningful for me? For me is where I'm at now in my journey. And the lessons that I've learnt, the spiritual connection to my higher self and something greater than me and that connection that I have, the messages and the gifts that I receive, but also the work that I do. Um, Mm -hmm. I love helping and supporting people to experience things that, Seem unbelievable, and but it's really that empower empowerment, so empowering others just empowers me, and it absolutely lights me up.
0: Awesome. My next one is uh, two questions uh, on this uh, topic. So the the overall theme of the podcast is about mental well being. So it's around this. So the first one is what does mental wellness mean to you, and the second part is how you look after your own mental well being.
1: Yeah. So mental wellness for me, I think, as I've mentioned throughout the podcast, is really about that overall wellness, which is the mind, the body, the spirit, uh, emotions, mindset. It's a combination of all of those uh, and ensuring that they are all in balance. And so when they're in balance, then mental health is in balance. And I know that for me, when uh, if I'm doing too much work um, and I've like over I've overdone it, and I haven't been putting in the you know creating that space, I can feel and sense my mental health go out of balance. So it's really ensuring that all of those components are uh, being uh, nurtured. And the second part of the question was
0: yeah it was what you do to look after your own mental well-being
1: yeah so what I do to look after my own well-being is is ensure that I eat the right food um do the things that I need for my body in terms of sleep uh you know and my supplements and herbals and things that I need but a lot of the emotional work as well uh and that downtime that that movement I love doing EFT on myself um and clearing a process of those emotions and and tapping into that amazing spirit and getting you know guidance and messages um and just feeling into that amazingness
0: mm, awesome awesome so the other thing we talk about a lot along with mental wellness is about mindset and uh, how important that can be so I always uh, challenge guests that come on to describe their own mindset describe my
1: own mindset <laughs> this is a challenging <laughs> one Hannah um yeah. usually i'm pretty good off the fly with questions this one i'm i'm really thinking
0: do you know people find this challenging even if they've seen this one in
1: yeah, <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure yeah <laughs> so in terms of my mindset now my mindset is evolving and growing stronger and this is actually what my my mind is actually and my body is saying to me now um it used to be it used to be I used to have a strong will but a weak mind, and so now I'm having a strong mind and a more compassionate will.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Strong mind, compassionate will. Very nice.
1: <laughs> so, and it, it, and it just came to me. It's and it it is, you know, and mindset is is often also about releasing and surrendering. Mm. So rather than for, so for me being a type A personality and go, go, go and high achiever um, and quite controlling in things for me, everything was very much about my left brain, mm. rational mind. Whereas my journey is taking me to that, uh, you know, that space, that uh, right brain and being more in the flow and seeing what, what comes and so my initial stress response when you, or when you ask that question, I went into stress response. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, actually, hang on a minute, take a few breaths, relax, and then just something will come to you and it will flow through. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So <clears throat> my next question, um, we like to leave people with some practical ideas of, of things they can try out. So... Uh, if you could leave people with one to three tips of ideas of things that they can try, maybe around stress, maybe just generally that are going to have a massive impact on their life, what would you suggest for them?
1: So number one is create space. If you have trouble um, creating space, then seek some help and support um, because uh, sometimes when you're in a stress response, uh, it can actually be very difficult to create space there's a, a leading uh, sort of brain specialist who I love um, and he had something on his Facebook book date, Facebook group, um, sorry, his Instagram feed today. And he said a, a traumatized brain will find it very, very difficult to meditate. Mm. Uh, and some people find it very difficult to do breathing. Like breathing is amazing. But sometimes when you're in that stress response, Uh, breathing and meditation can actually make you feel worse or more anxious and the cycle continues. So it is try and create the space. If you can't, can't, there's no judgment. It's actually your body's giving you signs and messages. Listen to those signs and messages and seek help and support. But also one of my favourites, as I've mentioned, is uh, EFT, emotional freedom technique. It's something that people can learn to do for themselves and it is amazing and really powerful and one of those uh, points that people can use is their um, collarbone so if you find your collarbone Mm -hmm. sort of in the middle under the neck there and then go down one inch and to the side a little bit and they're like soft squidgy bits Mm -hmm. that's perfect and so what you do is you tap on those points so you can use two, two or more fingers and you just tap you can just tap on one side or both sides. I actually like to use my whole hand.
0: We we're going to get fun head. sounds here. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's really beautiful. That is uh, linked in with the, um, the kidney meridian, which is a really main um, energy line, and meridian line that runs through the body. The kidneys also run through the adrenals and calming the body. So if something's happening and someone's gone into like a stress response or you know, you're stressed about something or overwhelmed about something and got negative thoughts, just tap on, you can just tap on that spot uh, and that will help clear and process. That's a really sort of quick tip. Mm. um without going into the whole process so that would be my little my little tips
0: awesome awesome yeah and i yeah when i was doing it i was like hmm. uh, but after i kind of felt although we didn't do it for very long kind of yeah i don't know what i felt but i felt different <laughs> Felt something
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe a, maybe a little bit maybe a little bit calmer. Yeah. yeah
0: maybe yeah i'm not really in touch with how i'm feeling this morning yet
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> just tired <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, um awesome thank you so much uh, for those and so my very last question is how people can connect with you online if they want to find out more about working with you um i know you have a, a chaos to clarity coaching program where they can find that and, and yeah how they can find you if they'd like to online
1: yeah great thank you so much hannah uh so people can connect with me via my website which is lisagumenick.com that's l i s a g u m i e n i u k dot com. My Instagram and Facebook uh, pages, which is Lisa Guminick Coach, and my Facebook group, which is uh, Chaos to Clarity Reset. Awesome.
0: And we're absolutely linking the show notes so people can find you easily from there. So, great thank you thank you so much lisa i really really enjoyed speaking with you today and uh yeah i've definitely got a lot of takeaways to <laughs> think about tapping think about sleep uh, <laughs> 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 when you're saying about important sleep i'm like thinking <clears throat> yep uh, <laughs> so i've personally oh, oh, oh.
1: Mm-hmm. awareness is it, awareness is a start so you have that awareness and then you can start to take action yes
0: yeah uh so personally I found it super useful and I'm, I'm sure the listeners have as well so thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's been wonderful.
0: Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks again to Lisa for joining us. And I just want to give my book recommendation again which I think I dropped in last week. And as we were talking about stress and particularly where it is in the body and and all of that I really wanted to just recommend again the book, The Body Keeps the Score. I listened to it as an audio book. Uh, it got me through some running, which is great, but it's so, so good about how trauma in particular has a physical impact. Our body, even if our mind and our memory kind of shuts it down, represses it, or whatever, our body keeps the score, our body holds onto it, and that, that can come up in all kinds of of different ways, which I think is what Lisa was, was talking about. And as I was listening back through and editing, having listened to that book now, I was like, absolutely such a good one to talk about. And actually one of the things I personally found really interesting was it looks at some of the different therapies and treatments that that can be effective. And actually the tapping, the EFT that Lisa mentioned is one of those ones that, um, that they talk about. So check that book out if you're interested in that kind of thing. A couple of other things I wanted to mention so I've also been doing morning yoga since the beginning of the year I really got out of the habit actually before lockdowns and everything CrossFit was my was my morning thing and actually with the gym being shut I find it really difficult to to do that at home the dog wants to join in and he's pretty pretty chilled with yoga uh, so it's more accessible but I've been reconnecting to my morning yoga practice. And it's funny, because actually, when I was younger, when I was at school, I got up at six o'clock every day and did yoga in the morning. Um, Yeah, (laughs) then I lost that somewhere along the way. You know, at times in my life, I've I've had that consistent morning practice. And so it's nice to come back to that. And I'm really feeling the difference. I'm really when I'm on my yoga mat, really trying to be present and mindful and connect to my body and my breath and I'm really wanting to actually start making use of my yoga instructor qualification that I got because yeah I really do feel the value of that mindful movement and uh through January I've been doing yoga with Adrienne she's been doing a, a breath uh program and so I I think when this finishes it's 30 days I'm just going to stack up a load of her 30-day challenges and work through those because I'm not ready to uh, to let go Of that practice, and actually, pretty much after I record this uh, this morning, I had a bit of a lion because I was volunteering late last night. So I'm trying out doing that yoga a bit later in the day today to see what that is like. So after this, that's what I'm going to be doing. And the other thing I wanted to shout out to is um, MBSR, which is Mindfulness Based Stress Reduction. And I'm currently reading a book about this, um, Full Catastrophe Living, by John Kabat-Zinn another great book, massive, but, but great about the program. But uh, someone called Pallus, uh that might not be saying it right, Palus Mindfulness has made, he's a, a MBSR practitioner, and he has made the whole syllabus available for free online. And I've been working through that. And so it's um, basically establishing a meditation practice uh, every day, or at least six days a week, formal and some informal mindfulness and really the power of being mindful and one I think it's so generous that he has made it available and I think in the first lockdown we had last year I'd downloaded the the materials I put them in a nice folder and I was like right I'm gonna do this and then I didn't but <laughs> I am just starting week four of doing it uh, now and it is an eight-week program and uh, I'm loving it which is why I'm mentioning it. Uh it's actually something I've looked at before uh, really wanting to train as uh, a practitioner to be able to deliver this program myself and that's definitely reignited that uh that interest. But it's a it's a great program uh, for really tuning in and connecting to your body. And I love one of the things that Jon Kabat-Zinn says at the beginning is that of uh, the full catastrophe living book is that it is an eight week program and even if you're like oh, this isn't going to work whatever I, you know the, the best approach is to be open-minded even if you're skeptical I think if you're really convinced it's not going to work then maybe you're going to struggle to commit to it and maybe it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy and then if you're too attached to it that can also be quite difficult or negative because you really want a particular outcome. And actually, it's kind of about just letting go and just turning up and sort of seeing what happens. But his point was, you know, it's eight weeks. It's um, I think the the full program if you do it in person uh, or like a delivered one is like forty five minutes practice a day. The one that I found is half an hour. It's like half an hour a day. You know, do it at the end of the eight weeks. Check in. Did you like it? Did it have a benefit? If it did, maybe you stick with it. If it didn't, then drop it. (laughs) But just trying out and it comes back to my idea of experimental living, just giving it a go. And so I guess that's uh, my approach to this year. I've kind of come back to that idea of just trying stuff out. And so my thought was in January, I was going to commit to this yoga practice. And even if I'm not feeling it, I'm going to get on my mat and do it even if I'm not feeling the meditation, I'm going to sit on my cushion or lie on my bed or whatever and do the body scan or the sitting meditation and just see and then check back in after a month, two months and see if I can feel the benefit. And already three weeks in, I'm feeling the benefit. And so again, disclaimer, this might not be for everyone. I'm not sort of, I don't know what the word is. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that it's something you absolutely have to try this, but if you're feeling disconnected from your your body, your mind, your heart, your soul, maybe it's something to think about. I think a lot of guests that we have on talk about meditation, mindfulness, the physical side of things. And actually with mindfulness, it doesn't have to just be the the kind of formal seated meditation breath meditation that you think of there are lots of different ways there is the body scan there is walking meditation mindful movement all kinds of things maybe that's something you feel inclined to try or whatever it is in your life that you're thinking you're thinking of doing if it's a new habit um you're thinking of trying or if you want change or anything like that maybe just saying to yourself I'm committing to myself for the next month two months I'm going to try it I'm going to turn up I'm going to show that love and care to myself that I am worth spending this time on and I'm going to try it and then I'm going to reflect on how it was Uh, I think and I'm definitely guilty of this that sometimes I kind of think well it's not going to work for me and I've not really tried it (laughs) given it a shot and I think back I've told this story many times about um my depression and when I started exercising because it kept coming up, people talked about it and I was like, fine, fine, fine. I'll try it. And when I committed to actually trying it, guess what? It helped. So I guess this is, yeah, whatever area of your life, try it. Try whatever that thing is. Try and stay connected to how you're finding it. You know, being honest with yourself. And not everything will work, but you know, giving it a go. Um that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment and um yeah I'm, I'm feeling the benefit of it I'm feeling much more connected in tune with myself um I'm still getting stressed out and overwhelmed at times because that's life uh I feel like this conversation with Lisa has really <laughs> has really helped with that um and I hope that it has really helped you as well if you have a top takeaway that um that you've had from this episode i would love it if you shared it with me tag me on a story on instagram tag the show at uh, psyche coaching psy coaching we love to hear from you and if you've enjoyed the show please do rate and review and if it's helped you if you found value in it please do share it with someone who you think might also really value what we're talking about here and um Yeah, we will be back next week. I hope you have a good week. Take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. And I will speak to you soon. Bye for now.